0: Welcome to Noah's Window. Hope you're having a great day so far. Whether you're viewing this first thing in the morning or last thing at night, you know a couple of days ago Mary Alice shared some scripture from the book of Zechariah chapter four, and I'd like to return back to that because in the meantime she and I had some discussions about it as we've had our morning devotions. Uh, First of all, let me just say that Zechariah is one of my favorite books of the Old Testament. It would be one of the one of the last books written chronologically. Uh, There's a great deal of prophecy that's for the near term, but there's also a lot of prophecy that's about the coming of our Lord. I love uh, Zechariah chapter 12 because it talks about when Jesus comes, that the nation of Israel uh, will look on him. And here's the language from Zechariah. They will look on him whom they have pierced and mourn for him as one mourns for an only son. What's interesting about that is uh, that part of Zechariah was probably written around 480 B.C., which was, as you can tell, like 500 years nearly before Jesus came into the world, definitely before he died on the cross. And yet it tells us how Jesus would die, that he would be pierced. And that's probably actually before the Carthaginians invented crucifixion. So, you know, the Bible is so accurate, doesn't miss a word. Actually, uh, the psalmist would write, they pierced my hands and feet. And that was a thousand years before Jesus came. So God's word is just so wonderful. Well, I know I'm, I'm well, I don't, how can you get off track when <laughs> reading the Bible? But I, what I wanted to share with you was Zechariah chapter four, verse 10, and I'll get to it in just a second. And Viralis gave us some of the backstory on this. I know when I was doing, uh, still doing some of the messages that we had to do for online only before we were able to reopen, I did a series called Restart. I was really interested in the concept of restarting, obviously because we were restarting services at New Spring. But I I started thinking about how all of us really were going to have to, at some point, restart our lives after the COVID shutdown. I really enjoyed that series. And and by the way, one of our, uh, our international television broadcasts really loved that series and they emphasized it and, and uh, to all their viewership, which was uh, um, its viewership around the world, as I said a moment ago, and, and uh, we were just blessed to see that happen. But let's go to the story itself. The people of God had been in captivity. Uh, the southern king had been in captivity by the Babylonians, and then the Persians came along at the end, and, and King Cyrus allowed the people of God, the Jews, to go back into the land. But of course, when they got back there, It was devastated. It was just nothing but debris and wreckage. Well, you know, uh, when you read the Old Testament, it's a story of great leaders, great kings, great prophets, but the people of God were coming back in a very weakened condition. And there is a guy by the name of Zerubbabel, which seemed to me as I worked on that sermon to be, um, he wasn't the kind of leader that just stepped forward and said, hey, pick me. It was like there was nobody else to do the job, so Zerubbabel just stepped up and said, okay. I don't think I'm the best guy for the job, but if there's nobody else to do it, I'll do it. And I, I just love that. I love that about him. Um, it wasn't like he had a particular qualification to oversee the rebuilding of the most sacred building in the world. But he just said, there's nobody else here, so why not me? And I think that's a great attitude for all of us have because a lot of times when we think about what God wants us to do, we'll always feel over, you know, underqualified and overmatched. But anyway, Zerubbabel leads the people and they build the foundation. They lay the foundation for the temple. And it w- should have been a very glorious moment. But it turned out to have, there was a big problem associated with it. Because when all the young people who had been in captivity, who had never seen the first temple, Solomon's temple, that was so magnificent and glorious with all of its gold and, uh, you know, wonder of the ancient world. um you know, the young people didn't see it. And so when they laid that foundation, they were so excited about what happened and, and, and this new start that they were just cheering wildly, but there were older people there who had seen the first temple. And they were, I guess they were so sad because this foundation looked inferior to the old, uh, to the first foundation. They just started crying real loud. And the Bible says that the sound just was a cacophony, this mixture of joy and cheering and wailing that it just, nobody could perceive it. It was just confusion. And, And there's a strange line about that. It said that people on the outside heard it. From what I can piece together, this wild cacophony, this crazy confusion stopped the project. You know, sometimes you can you can do your best, and then someone can criticize it, and you just feel like, why try? And I think that's how Zerubbabel felt. You know already that he felt like he wasn't qualified for the job, and then when all these older people just started wailing because it, his work seemed to them to be inferior, Zerubbabel said, well, maybe I'm just not the guy. And as Marianne shared with us, the work shut down somewhere between 10, 15, 17 years. It just shut down, and, and all that was left was this foundation you can imagine How disappointing and how discouraging it was for the people that lived in Jerusalem to walk past this foundation where the project had been stopped. Well, you have to piece this story together from several Old Testament books. And and today I'm in Zechariah. Tomorrow I want to come back and talk about this again. We'll be in the book of Haggai. But when you piece it all together, it seems like God came along by his prophet and said to Zerubbabel, it's time to start the project again. And Marielle's talked about that. I want to pull out Zechariah 4.10 because it's a wonderful verse and it's really important for all of us today. The message from the prophet to Zerubbabel said this, Do not despise small beginnings because the Lord loves to see the work begin. Well, let's talk about that just for a moment because many times when we feel underqualified and overmatched, the only beginning we can make is a small beginning. And I'm sure Zerubbabel felt that way. He wasn't Solomon, didn't have all Solomon's money, didn't have all Solomon's, you know, construction crews. He, he, they, they were basically refugees who had come back home to a land of debris. And I'm sure the people that were helping him were not skilled temple builders. But God says, Zerubbabel, I know you're making a small beginning, but never feel that a small beginning is small to God, because God loves to see the work. Begin. Let's take a moment and talk about that. What what is a small beginning? I mean, what what constitutes a small beginning? Well, typically two things. Number one, um, we don't see how the project is going to be completed. For us, it it looks like the the job is so big, and the little beginning that we're making is so small. And if we could see how we were going to get to there from here, it wouldn't necessarily be a small beginning. You know, there's so many times in our lives when we're doing the best we can and we're putting one foot in front of the other. <laughs> you know, we don't know how we're going to put that next foot forward, but we're doing everything we can. We put one foot in front of the other. And that's that's really important. You know, uh, I often think about how the people of God crossed bodies of water when Moses was leading um The Israelites in the book of Exodus, and then later on, when Joshua was leading them across the Jordan in the book of Joshua. In Exodus, when Moses stretched out his rod across the Red Sea, the waters parted and the people walked through on dry ground. In other words, the first step they took was on dry ground. But in the book of Joshua, when they came to the Jordan, they were actually going into the Promised Land. The Bible says that when the feet of the priests touched the water, then the waters opened. And I really do believe that a lot of us in, in, in our Christian walk are going to be in that situation. When we first put our toes in the water, the, water, the waters are not parted. But it's a small beginning. We're taking that first step. And so when, when the Bible says God loves to see, you know, small beginnings and that we shouldn't despise. And I think small beginnings are because oftentimes we don't see how we're going to complete the journey. We're just taking that first step. The second thing is this. A small beginning is often us thinking about our own personal resources. When you read this story, it's very clear. God was saying to Zerubbabel, don't despise the day of small beginnings because I'm going to help you. I'm going to come along with you. And, you know, our small beginnings with God's help are not small beginnings. They're major undertakings. You know, I'd rather make a small beginning with God's help than to think I could make a big journey all by myself. So let's think about that today. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what kind of challenges seem impossible to you. But if God is leading you in a particular direction, just like God said to Zerubbabel, I know you feel overmatched and underqualified. But don't despise the day of small beginnings because the Lord loves to see the work begin. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this wonderful message from your word. Help us, Lord. We are small people making small beginnings, but you're a massive God, and all things are possible with you. May we never forget that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm going to be back, God willing, tomorrow because I have a little more I want to share with you about this story. And really, I uh, man, it's hard for me to know what my favorite part of this is. I love this whole whole narrative, but I, I really think tomorrow's talk is my favorite. See you then. God bless. Have a wonderful day. <music>